This is Women Who Rock, a podcast promoting Australian female musicians and artists. My guest today is Kate Young. She is a guitarist and a vocalist from Wollongong who does a lot of things which we're just about to find out about. Kate, thanks so much for joining me today. Not a problem. Not a problem whatsoever. It's uh, always a pleasure to come and hang out with some like-minded peeps. You know, this is a Women Who Rock first, because every guest that I've had on so far has been from Sydney, and you are from Wollongong. I am. I'm a big fan of community radio. Yes. Uh, So (laughs) can you tell me a bit about working at the community radio station in Wollongong? Yeah, I, uh, I absolutely adore working at the... It's Vox FM. We hang out down in Wollongong in this amazing little weatherboard cottage. It's painted green. I'm not sure why. A couple of studios in it, and it's awesome. You can turn it on day and night. Most of the time, you're not going to understand what's going on because we do a lot of international I slots. Saw, I saw that there's some kind of, is it Polish and Greek? Yeah, and, yeah. all sorts of different um, international slots, which are quite entertaining to listen to. Unfortunately, if you're like myself, I don't speak other languages at all and I'm woeful at it. I've tried, I've tried. But it's um, been an incredible sort of step into the music industry somewhere I hadn't been previously and introduced me to a lot of very cool people. So it's it's good fun to be in a different studio, one that, that is so clean. We keep it relatively clean <laughs> <laughs> here at 2SCR. We're big fans. Now, what have you been doing specifically uh, working at Fox? What shows on the have you show, been um, So my main show was a show called Pink Nation. We hung out on the Glitter Lounge, which was a queer radio show um, run by Unity, which is a community group in Wollongong. It's been going forever for as long as I can possibly remember. And uh, my primary role was to make sure that the gorgeous but slightly outspoken queens you know, kept their language to a, a standard that was allowed on public radio. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> it was it was good fun. It was challenging. Um, I'm pretty sure my knuckles were white the entire time I was on air, but it was um Because of great stress fun. about what was going to happen? Yes. Well, most of the time when I was on the show, it was prior to marriage equality going through. So we had a lot of passion and a lot of anger sort of there. And um, it was amazing. I learned so much being on the show. So many things that I was completely ignorant to that I had no idea were happening, I was suddenly taught about this incredible sort of the politics going on behind the marriage equality thing. And and, uh, now that it's come through, our show is decidedly lighter and a lot more fun. But it was for a while there, it was getting quite passionate and sort of reining it in. And you could see the through the double glass, you could see the radio uh, manager in the other room, Ben, gorgeous radio manager, Ben, sitting in the other room, staring at me wide eyed, like waiting to see what would happen and making sure I was keeping them in in check. So So you were almost the production like... uh you were doing the kind of censorship stuff almost. Absolutely. <laughs> we didn't have a beep button though, which I kind oh, of wish wow. we did have. That would have made life a lot easier. Okay. <laughs> I'm a big fan of community radio. I also, when I go to gigs in Wollongong, I like to, on the drive home, listen to Vox, see what's happening at like 12.30 in the morning. Yeah. I also, when I go to different towns that I've never been to before, 
I like to tune into the community radio station just to get a bit of a sense of what's going on in that particular town. Yeah, so it gives I you a it's cool great vibe, doesn't it? Yeah. it? Like it's it's a different take on your stock standard radio, and you you find out not only do you find out things about that particular community, but it gives you kind of the vibe of what's going down and how that that crowd interact. It's your radio hosts are always totally different people. In Wollongong, half the guys that work at Vox FM are like ninety seven years old and blind. Okay, <laughs> it's just it's this really gorgeous little community, and a lot of them do it for fun or do it to keep themselves busy. And I think that kind of gives you a bit of an insight into Wollongong as well, the kind of community we have there. Yeah, right. It's some real local knowledge from the people that are totally running these shows. If you shows. can understand what they're saying. <laughs> <laughs> We are going to talk about some of your originals a little bit later, but you also play a lot of kind of covers gigs. Yeah. So this is something that you do in a band. You play, you have multiple bands, there's Empire mm-hmm. and the Cassettes, there's mm-hmm. a few cover bands, but you also play solo cover gigs as well. Yeah. Are those two very different worlds? Not really. Um I've been fortunate enough to fall in with a really amazing group of musicians. Uh, when I first started performing about, I've only really been performing professionally now for about eight years. Uh, and my best friend is very talented and has a lot of experience in the music industry. And she first heard me sort of doing that campfire sing-along thing where you don't really know what you're doing, but you kind of have an okay voice. And she literally pushed me against a wall one day after one of her gigs and said, you're going to go home and learn these three songs and you're going to come back and sing them with me next week. And that was my start and this woman just really taught me everything I I could possibly lead to know. But luckily most of my bands are, I am in with Lo Roberts, who was formerly of Porcelain, um, a band that achieved quite a bit from Wollongong and moved over to LA and had an amazing career there before coming home. So I got to see a different side of the music industry, but as a cover artist, it's most of the venues are the same, the punters are the same, the songs are the same, regardless of whether I'm playing solo or in a band. It just depends on which role I'm playing. So in the cassettes, I play bass and do backing vocals. I don't do much else. I kind of just get to hang out in the background and watch what's going on and I do a lot of people watching, get a lot of giggles. Okay. Um, with Empire, I'm up the front, lead vocalist. It's a lot of 90s rock. It's, uh, you know, all of your epic Aussie pub stuff that you want to hear when you've had a few too many schooners on a Friday night. Uh, solo, I, I tailor my show. So it depends if I'm playing at a wedding or on a cruise ship or in an RSL, even in a pub or a cafe. Every every gig is different and it's my primary source of income. So almost every day is different when it comes to shows. Can we talk a bit about playing at weddings, please? Yeah, so, absolutely. Have you done that very much or just a couple? <laughs> yeah, no, I adore yeah, playing right. at weddings. I'm trying to set up a bit of a wedding business. So, it, 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 you know, the beautiful thing about being a covers artist is I have got no retirement fund. I've got no future. I'm going to be doing this till I die. So if I can set up a, a decent uh, sort of wedding business to keep me coasting through until I'm ready for that day, I, that might help. But I adore weddings. They are one of my favorite things. Are they? I've never done anything like that. I've only ever played kind of original oh, stuff. Yeah. Is it more sort of high pressure when you're doing weddings though? Because it's supposed to be this really, you know, special day. And that is, is 100% on the bride. 
Okay. It totally depends on the bride. I'd say bride and groom, but 90% of the time the groom doesn't care. Usually it's one of the, the pairing. Um, even in same-sex couples, it's one of them that really cares and is really passionate about the music and the other's kind of just there for the ride. And it totally depends. Some weddings I've done and usually my favourite weddings are the ones where the couples see me playing at a pub and come over and go, oh, my God, do you do weddings? If you do weddings, can you learn these three songs? We're getting married on this date. Just come. We'll get you a bed. We'll, we'll pay you and you can just play and drink and we'll have fun. And those weddings, because the bride and groom are there to have fun, flow and they're great. And there'll be speeches and there's still formalities, but everyone's really at ease and enjoying themselves. I have other weddings where I get formal you know, um, emails and, and inquiries. And those weddings, you can almost tell from the wording. Straight away, they're going to be a bit more stressful. The bride's usually a little bit more concerned about the atmosphere of the day and, and isn't quite capable of just letting go a little bit of her music or at least of her ideas to allow the evening to flow. So you, you end up getting a lot of um, emails. There's always like 100 emails backwards and forwards where they change their mind a dozen times. Okay. Those ones can be really stressful. So, yeah, sometimes it's like white knuckle and hope you get through the end of the night and just get paid and get the hell out of there. But a lot of the time it's the celebration that makes it a lot of fun and it's really cool being a part of that. It seems like, I guess, there's a wide scope of the experiences that you had. Has it ever gone like, just like way wrong? At weddings? Yeah, like where yeah, the wedding just one was wedding, a disaster. One wedding just we couldn't catch a break. Um, the PA didn't work. Uh, my battery, I was playing acoustic bass. The battery in my acoustic bass ran out, which is stupid because it's an acoustic bass, but the pickup died. The During the first dance, I tripped over the OGS cord and pulled it out oh, of wow. the console. That was fun. Uh, the bride was not impressed at all. Um, it was it was an unusual night because then other things started going wrong around us that didn't have anything to do with us. Like one of those nights where... The one of the bridesmaids gets up and gives this really bizarrely spiteful speech, something you would expect to see in a bad film. And then the lights went out previously. That was that was really strange. Wow. Like it just kind of fell apart and the bride and groom spent the whole night. You could see the whites of their eyes all the way around. They just didn't look happy. So I kind of want to check in. That happened a few years ago and see if they're still together. Because that night, I think <laughs> if you can get through that, and be happy on the other side of it, That w- they'd, they'd still be going strong. But conversely, <laughs> there must have been some really awesome ones where it just clicks and everyone feels real good. Yeah, I try to spend as much time as possible communicating with uh, the couples private, like privately prior to the day to make sure I'm understanding exactly what they're after. And my most common question is, what don't you like? Because it's more often easier to get that answer out of people and get a vibe for what they're after if I say, what don't you want me to play? They're quite often going to go, don't play Nickelback. Don't play Red Hot Chili Peppers. Please, for the love of God, don't play that father and song song by, you know, Cat Stevens because blah, blah died. And it's that kind of thing really opens up those conversations and makes it a lot easier to curate how the evening's going to go. So you've had a really wide range of experiences, I guess. <laughs> but is it difficult being a covers artist to kind of play this song live for the 50th time? Depending on the song, 100% it can be difficult. There are some songs that I want to pull my eyes out over, but there are other songs like probably the most cliche Aussie song um, that every pub band knows is Better by Screaming Jets. I still love playing that song every single time, guaranteed. Hands down, I will play it. But songs like Eagle Rock, Daddy Cool, yeah, I can't stand playing it purely because it brings out this really odd I, I don't understand it. You might be able to explain it to me. You might never have heard of it. But for some reason... Whenever Eagle Rock is requested, 
the guys in the room immediately start taking their pants With the off. the pants, yeah. That's Why is this a thing? I don't know if anyone knows. As a female musician, it can be really bizarrely confronting. Like, it's just some guys, like, have a bit of a laugh and kind of get the jocks down a little bit and it's no problem. Other guys just take it to a whole new extreme. Okay. And usually that happens at weddings when there's no one policing what's going on. But it's, I always dread when someone asks me to play Eagle Rock. I'm like, oh, man, how many people are going to take their pants off for no reason? Oh, wow. <laughs> that's a really bizarre workplace concern. Oh, uh, yeah. And that's the thing. The, the concerns that come with being a covers artist are so different to other jobs. Mm. You know, I, I worry about flying objects from drunk people. I've, I go home with fat lips because people fall over the mic stand because they're too excited or... Drunk people trying to offer and be sweet to help my, carry my things. I learned very early on not to let that happen because okay. they quite frequently will drop your things. Just be careful, be careful, be careful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. My insurance does not yeah, right. cover drunk, drunk stupidity. <laughs> it's such a bizarre workplace and I love it. Mm. I love it. I absolutely adore it. If st- people started taking their pants off at my work, that would be a weird day. <laughs> <laughs> that would be like the weirdest day I've ever had. <laughs> it's it's only I think it's even more weird now that it's no longer strange to me. When it first started happening I was like what the hell is going down? And now I expect it. I think that's even more bizarre. Yeah. That I I expect people to take their pants off when I'm working. Mm. That's strange. Bizarre workplaces. Right? <laughs> On the long weekend coming up, you are doing, that was a weird segue. but was a really strange segue, but I liked it. You're doing a bit of a tour. You're going down. <laughs> you're going, heading south to, Bear, is it Berry you're going to? Uh, close, actually. Very, very close. Um, Shoalhaven Heads, which is like slightly more coastal than Berry, Basically in exactly the same area though. Um, and tour is a very big word. Okay. It, <laughs> it's my way of saying to my friends, please come and keep me company for the next three days. Um, so I'm playing a winery solo, which is a, one of the most beautiful places, a place called Mountain Ridge, and it's just relaxed and fun. You bring your kids and you bring your dog and you hang out on this gorgeous grass and, you know, watch the world go by, and that's stunning. And then on the Saturday night, that that's the morning, and the Saturday night I'm playing another 40 minutes down the coast in a pub with Empire. And then on the Sunday afternoon I'm playing another 40 minutes down the coast at a just an old school tavern where most of the punters don't have teeth and hanging out with them until I get told to go home, pretty much. Sounds like a pretty good night. It is actually a lot of fun and one of my (laughs) favourite venues and also one of those bizarre venues where people take their pants off. So Mm. you're going to be doing a solo, it's like a solo show, but then there's also, you're playing with a band as Mm -hmm. well. Is it hard to get that mindset change so quickly from doing this to playing in a band? The the mindset, not so much. The voice can be in empire it's all very rock it's it's a lot of angry 90s women and then a lot of that grunge scene too so we hit up your nirvana and your foo fighters all that seattle sound but a lot of things like your melissa etheridge's and your Alanis morissette and even throwing it back a little bit further to people like pat benatar and tina turner and that voicing is very different to when i'm playing as a solo artist Mm. um i'm a bit more gentle and a little less angry uh, so going between the two voices can be hard. So usually by Monday, I sound like a man. My voice is done. It's gone kaput because I usually work your Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So that is um, the only difficult part really is is knowing what voice I need and how much of a voice I need to have left and not wrecking my voice, you know, really making sure I'm preserving it. And yeah, right. You. I wanted to touch on something you just mentioned. You were talking about the 
wide, wide range of influences that you have in these different cover kind of outfits. Yeah. But you're also working on some original stuff as well. Yeah. So does that, I guess, that has a narrower scope than every genre or does it not? <laughs> well, look, I don't really write for writing's sake at the moment, which is kind of depressing. It's because I've been in the covers season for so long, it can be soul-sucking and really hard to be creative. So when I am creative, the songs that I have, like the little bits that I'll have recorded on my iPhone or um, on my studio when I do get into it at home, I kind of get an idea and I'll lay down 30 seconds worth of a vocal. Um, quite often they are worlds apart because I'm only writing once every few months or every couple of weeks when something comes to me. So the song I'm playing later is really, it's acoustic, it's quite... It's quite sorrowful, actually. Um, it's a bit of a sad tune. But then I have other songs that are more in that angsty 90s vein. Um, and then I was listening to a band called Paris a lot, just absolutely slamming their album. So then things kind of took a bizarre, dark turn, almost down to that church's kind of, not quite electronic, but that more ambient and um, soundscape kind of feel. So it, it, nothing that I write is ever in just a genre and that's usually because of what I've been listening to at the time or how I'm feeling at the time. Yeah, right. So still a bit (laughs) eclectic. You're kind of doing loads of stuff with your original stuff. Now I have a relevant segue Okay. because we're talking about your original stuff. Uh, You're going to be very kind to do a live track for us. This is an original song by Kate Young. This is called Back to You. Yes, like the water of a black swan's wings, like the roses that grow through the mud that shows up so clean. But from here, I've seen the way your love reigns supreme. Oh, all the bills will combat all our tears, all our dreams. But all jokes aside, we laughed and we cried. The old nine lives were true. I wanted that for you. Tell me when did your luck run out Or is it spread all over this town If it's somewhere I will hunt it down I'll bring it back to you I'll bring it back to you Oh, I can see through those I'm fine lies To the pain that's beneath those eyes But no measure years will make up for the tears they'll cry Now all jokes aside, we laughed and we cried the old nine lives were true. 
That song was called Back To You. Now, Kate, you've been super busy with all these cover gigs. I wanted to know, do you have aspirations to do recordings in the near future? Absolutely. I've, I've had aspirations to do recordings in the near future for years. Okay. I, <laughs> I will get around to it. That sounds awful. I am my absolute own worst enemy when it comes to it. Like I was saying before, with my snippets of songs, it's more like ramblings of a mad mind. So... Once I get myself to a point where writing makes sense again and I'm able to put together an album that makes sense as an album, um, I will absolutely be, be getting that recorded and, and sorted out. And a lot of that comes from the fact that I work so frequently in the covers scene that it can be really soul-sucking for creativity. I find myself listening to songs that I've put together and going, well, that sounds exactly like, you know, blah, blah. So obviously I can't finish writing that song because it's too similar to, you know, Killing Heidi, which yeah, is, right. was one of my massive influences when I was 14. So it's, it, yeah, I really am my own worst enemy when it comes to it. Um, and it was, I heard a comment the other day that was perfection is the enemy of completion. By far, I'm not a perfectionist, but it, it doesn't help that I have a standard, I guess. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, it's it will happen. Well, we're <laughs> waited with bating breath for this uh, <laughs> this album of covers, of original, sorry. The Also, we spoke before about weddings. Yes. But then I heard off air that you also did cruises. Yes. We have to talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> and not only cruises, you were doing American cruises? American cruises, oh, yeah. Man. I was working out of Miami on Carnival Cruise Lines for a few months. 
I thought it was going to be an exceptional journey and it really was. I mean, it did nothing but wonders for my vocal ability because I was working six days a week and just constantly singing, but it really taught me a lot more about, and I apologize to anyone that's listening right now, any Americans are listening right now, but um, drunk Americans en masse are possibly some of the most painful people I've ever come across. So it was a very bizarre position to find myself in. Particularly if you're there to take their requests. Yeah, so I and I pride myself on being able to perform requests. I really enjoy asking for requests and getting um, challenges back because I, I don't want to get bored. You know, you can sometimes you can go for two weeks playing the same forty songs, but I would ask for requests uh, and get bizarre things almost every time. Someone go Freebird, play Freebird. <laughs> Not ever going to happen. A solo female acoustic musician. You're never getting free bird out of me. Uh, but on the occasion where they would request something that I knew, I found that I had more success performing it in like a Missy Higgins-esque style voice with that really Aussie slang Oh yeah, um, right. kind of coming through to, to maintain their attention. Once I started singing, they, they didn't really care this way or that because most of the time they were hammered on bud, which I didn't understand. But <laughs> That's not really an exotic thing right? to do when you're getting away from home. Not remotely, but it did teach me a lot about how to maintain an audience attention and how to preserve your voice and be able to perform for those long periods of time, those, you know, those four or five hour slots in a day. Uh, which is hard to do when you've got nothing else to do but work and go crew bar. So (laughs) (laughs) it was exhausting and a massive learning curve. I do recommend it to musicians out there if you really want to figure out what your limits are. It is a great way to do that. It is also a really fast way to suck your soul out through your eyeballs and, and stop you from being creative at all. I think cruises are probably a pretty good way of figuring out a lot of kind of limits to your person. <laughs> totally. <laughs> now, all pretty much all the guests that I've spoken to on this show have been from Sydney, but you're from Wollongong. Yep. The thing about Wollongong is Helen Wolf Bar is amazing. Oh, I adore Helen Wolf Bar. I love Bar. Helen Wolf Bar. I adore it. Can yep. you comment on is there kind of a different vibe in Wollongong when you play cover shows there compared to Sydney? Yeah, I've only just started sort of creeping into the Sydney scene. Most of my work is done south of Wollongong, so I do Wollongong, but then I can drive up to five hours oh, for right. gigs. But playing in the Sydney scene, I'm finding it far easier to connect with the crowd, which is unusual. Wollongong, it depends where I'm playing. So I play places, I play bolos where I'm background music and strictly background music and they don't really care this way or that what I'm doing. I can play pubs. My favourite places to play are the roughest pubs. A place called Dicey Riley's. Um, you'll probably experience that soon enough. If yeah. you've experienced Howling Wolf, you'll end up at Dicey Riley's. Great fun. No one has teeth and no <laughs> one's been able to talk since 1971, but... <laughs> it is sensational fun to play at and it, you've got a crowd to bounce off and you're kind of in it together as opposed to me just being background music or me just singing at you and hoping you like me. Is that the Irish? <laughs> is an Irish bar? Damn right it is, yeah. yeah right <laughs> Sounds like a lot of fun, an Irish bar in Wollongong. Absolutely. But Hal and Wolf have been doing incredible things for the scene because we don't have those blues bars or anything like that down, down around home. We don't really have venues that specifically cater to original stuff. We used to have the Oxford and it was for all things amazing, anything. Covers, originals, didn't matter what kind of originals you played. All the freaks and geeks went there and it was amazing. Incredible place to grow up around and then it shut down. Uh, the Psychop bought, knocked down, now it's a high rise. So it's been, we've sort of had this 10-year gap where venues have popped up and disappeared and popped up and disappeared. 
because every time someone new comes up, a resident complains about the noise and the laws, you know, come in and we, we can't make noise past a certain hour or the venue's got to try and soundproof. And yeah. it's, Are we talking about Wollongong or Sydney? Wollongong. Or, or and I'm everywhere. Assuming, yeah, everywhere. <laughs> this is Australia's new culture, yeah. isn't it? It's um, It really is a trend that's everywhere, but, but there are now venues that have got it figured out. Places like Howland Wolf are gems. They are absolute diamonds in the rough and they get the most amazing artists through and they get guys down from Sydney and they can pull artists from, you know, Victoria and, and you get to see some incredible original artists and they have these incredible jam sessions with artists like I swear they're like 16 years old and they're absolutely mind-blowing and you don't get many venues that are willing to support that kind of thing. So I just, I love Howling Wolf. I absolutely adore it. That and it sells nothing but whiskey really, so... Whiskey, but also beer in tins, which <laughs> yes. I can dig. They've got like a list of tinnies range. Damn right. Yeah, you've got to love the tinnies. They yeah. do love a good tinny there. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Kate, now is the part of the show where we do the segment Tell Me a Thing. Right. So we have seven different topics, and so I'll read the topics out. The seven topics are musical equipment, recording equipment, politics, Patti Smith, poetry, death, and punk rock. And what I'd like you to do is to choose a topic and tell me a thing that I don't know. Well, I'm not really a fact-filled person, uh, but considering we've only just met, you certainly don't know a great deal about me, so I'll run with that. Okay. (laughs) And go off musical equipment, uh, your first topic. I get what my friends call rage or rage rage. Um, It's usually to do with watching television shows uh, like The Voice or watching rage or anything to do with musical things that have been then turned into a ratings game but it also extends to stories from people or really attractive people do you ever get really like rage when someone's just annoyingly attractive does that sure yeah no one ever no everyone thinks i'm crazy (laughs) (laughs) but it extends to stories from friends so low roberts i mentioned earlier has had an incredible career she's an amazing musician she spent quite a bit of time in the states working she came home, we started working together and one day we were in a recording studio putting down some tracks and she pulls out this keyboard and it was a battered up piece of junk. Things busted on it, the screen's busted, you can't read it, it doesn't really do anything other than play the notes, which I guess that's all you kind of needed to do, but once upon a time it had effects and probably a floppy disk slot, I don't know, it was a bit <laughs> old. <laughs> and I said to her, you really have to get rid of that, that damn, like I will buy you a new one to say thank you. And she was like, oh, look, I would. And just, you know, blase. I would, but Linda Perry gave that to me. So, you know, it's kind of has some some sentimental value. And I damn near put her through the wall. Linda Perry is an idol and one of the most amazing female songwriters on the planet. Everything from the 90s belonged to her, essentially. If you had a hit, it was written by Linda Perry. This woman is incredible. And, and Lo occasionally forgets that she's had a really cool life. So moments like those happen really frequently, you know. Let me get guitar. Your guitar, look at it. It's just a bit banged up. You should probably let me go and get it repaired for you. And they say, oh, look, I would. But, you know, we were on tour with, I don't know, Paramore a few years back and I stepped on it. Like, what? How did you forget to tell me this? We've been friends for seven years, man. Like, 
These things don't just slip your mind. You've got to talk to me about this. Those instruments I, have some stories. Mad stories, which I don't have. I just live vicariously through yeah. her. But this, it That's fuels fine. my rage. <laughs> yeah. it fuels, I, I'm in such awe that it fuels my rage. Um, and it, it becomes an issue, especially after a couple of schooners. This, this rage, and it just comes from passion. It drives my partner absolutely bonkers. We can't watch The Voice at all. It's banned in the house because I get aggro at the screen, but it's it comes from a good place. Yeah, I'm I don't it. I don't know if musical equipment based rage is that bad. It's probably okay. <laughs> yeah, it's it's I think it's warranted. Yeah. At times. Sometimes. We're not talking road rage. It's it's all for a good reason. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely yeah, I can't hurt myself with things like that. So if you've got a story and it comes back to you'll tell me a thing. If you tell me a thing that I deem as awesome I will quite frequently just get rage Okay, at you for said thing. Well, I'm not going to tell my thing, then that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Kate, thank you so much for coming on to Women Who Rock. It's been a really interesting insight to talk to someone who performs music across such a wide range, from cruise ships to doing acoustic originals. I really appreciate your time. You're the first non-Sydney guest. It's been great to have you. I would absolutely love to keep listening and keep and keep hanging out to hear these amazing musicians that you're hunting and pulling out of the woodwork. I've heard them on your other podcasts and We're it's finding so some good cool. ones. <laughs> oh, you're finding some exceptional ones. Yeah. So it's it's an absolute pleasure to be here. Uh, like I said before, with like-minded people that it really pushing something that needs to be heard. But from here I've seen the way your love reigns supreme Oh, all the bills will combat all our tears, all our dreams. Women Who Rock is proudly produced in the Sydney studios of Do As You Are 107.3. We laughed and we cried through your nine lives were.